listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening, this is Shereen Rice of Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. My goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. Um, if any one of you that are out there would like to call in, my number is 917-889-8078. So if you'd like to ask any questions to my guest or myself, you're more than welcome to call that number. If you are listening tonight and would like to get in touch with me, you can email me also at shereencwr at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I would like to remind everyone that our show is on every Thursday now at 6 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Mountain, or 8 o'clock Central Time. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you want a direct link to those services, you can go to cwrtalknetwork.com, and we have um, logos that you can click on for those services. At any time, if you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline of 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. Okay, so I have Lori. We're going to just go by her first name on the line, and um, she's going to tell us a little bit about herself um, and about her experiences. Lori, are you Hello. there? Yeah. Yes. Okay. If um, Just tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you kind of do with yourself these days? These days? You mean my past? Like, no, no. Um, um, bio, like, um, just like you were talking to me earlier about um, your family uh, not being abusive and so you weren't used to that and that type of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just pretty much a regular um, LDS background upbringing. Um, uh, you know, I, I got married my senior year in high school. Um, you, you know, my dad pretty much treated, you know, um, I was, I'm sorry, I'm starting to uh, stir a little bit. We, we, we were six kids, three girls, three boys, um, and we just pretty much average home. I was never abused, anything like that. Um, I was married for 26 years. Um, Never, you know, abused by my husband or anything. Um, We had six kids. Um, He uh, wanted a divorce, um, which was really hard for me, you know, to... You know, um, I, but I, I have, I've had depression. You know, I dealt with it my whole life. Um, yeah. But I'm, but that was 11 years ago. I, um, anyway, um, got out of that marriage, um, and I met a man. I, I should, you know, I. I thought everyone could be trusted, I guess. Um, I'd never experienced abuse. Um, and you I, met him about a year after your divorce, is that correct? No. Well, I my husband had been gone for a year. Uh, um, but I didn't 
my husband had been gone. We weren't divorced for a year. Yeah, but I, I met him. For, yeah, but I met him about that long after. Okay. Um, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't know him very very well. You know, I, I should have known him better before um, we got married. I knew he was a little bit narcissistic. You know, he played football for BYU. He um, played professional ball um, for um, Chicago Bears and for for the Denver Broncos. But he had taken steroids, and uh, he developed a tumor. And um, after a month or so, I found that he was abusive. he started pushing me down and laughing, saying fight back. And then I, you know, I saw him. His son came home from, um, from West Point. They got in a fight. Um, you know, he at restaurants he throws. At, play and on this the, was about how long after you got married? About it, six about, months a year. No, no, about a month, probably. Oh, a um, month. Yeah. After we got married, a woman actually called um, on his phone. I I answered it, and she's um she said, you know, who's this? And I I told her. She she said, you better get out. She said he hit me, beat me up. Um, I said, why are you calling? You know, and um. And she said, "Well, I, I still want to go out with him." And I was, I was in shock, and and I asked him who she was, and he said, "She showed up with a mink coat on and and nothing underneath." So he beat her up and sent her on her way, you know, um, which was, you know, weird, but um, <laughs> weird. I, yeah, lie, but... <laughs> so, sounded, yeah, it sounded like, you know, she was, anyway, I thought, well, that, that's just, just, you know, anyway. Um, yeah. So, um, we were only married for four months. Um, my dad passed away um, two months after we were married. And he was the glue that held my family together. Um, after after that, um, it started getting more severe. Um, this doctor and his wife found out that we were married. Uh, we met at a restaurant, and I had a migraine. Um, I was thinking in my head, how am I going to get out of this? You know, um, so every day I ran up and down this path. It was 10 miles every day. Um, I started picking up rocks, and I started, while I ran, I would lift these rocks, um, trying to, I don't know if I was trying to build muscle or what, but I would run up. It was a beautiful trail up and down uh, Provo Canyon, you know, up and yeah. down where we lived. So I was in, I was in good shape. Um, but he would drive up and down watching for me, making sure, you know, um, I was where I said, said I was going to be. We'd go to church on Sunday. 
um, I try to go into the Relief Society, and he was made, he, he he would come and drag me out of there. He, he didn't want me to talk to the other women. Um, he would take me. He, he knew how he wanted my hair cut. Um, he wanted he wanted um, me to wear a certain style dress um i you know he had his suits um the the nicest suits you know and he, he had them he wanted them a certain way i i didn't mind i i just after a while i just want, wanted him to stay you know away i just wanted to be away from him and as long as I was running and he was in his truck I didn't care I just I just wanted to be away and that day um that he attacked me um that that was the day day I turned a corner because if he hadn't have if that hadn't have happened I, I I wouldn't have got out um but still the doctor that did the surgery was his friend and I, I I still have a lot of short-term memory long-term memory loss because when I spoke to you before um and I told you that my mom came came and stayed all nights yeah uh, I but tell us home. a little bit about the um the attack so you were jo- were you jogging when he attacked you no, we both went up. It was the 24th of July. Oh, we okay. We both went up. We, we, we drove up to this place. Um, in Provo Canyon. At, um, Provo Canyon, yeah. Isolated. And I, and I, it was isolated. Not really. It wasn't really isolated. Um, there was families out there with, okay. with picnics and stuff, but uh, it started to rain. It started to rain. I remember a couple came over and asked to have their picture taken with their kids in pioneer um, clothing. And then I just remember it started a downpour and everybody took off with their cars. And that's, I woke up in Mount Tippinogos hospital and I looked like Rocky. so So he hit you in the car. No, I think it was outside. I, I think I was it was on that trail. Okay. Um, because I re the only thing I remember um from going to, to the PTSD the um uh doctor um was I I don't wanna get it get into everything because That's fine. I had a, I had a near death uh, experience, but I came out of my body and I looked down at myself. I, for some reason, I thought I was eight years old, and I, I didn't recognize my body. I covered my eyes because I was afraid. Because of the um, bruises. No, my body was so broken up. Yeah. You know, I, I was afraid. Um, okay. And uh, you, who took you to the hospital? Um, 
either an ambulance or it was the doctor and his wife. Um, and he didn't, like he they, left, he left you there on the ground. No, he dragged me back to his Bronco or his car. He dragged me back to his, his, uh, his Tahoe. Um, I'll be in his house somehow, into the condo somehow. Yeah. And it, 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 I had borrowed um, this truck from his friend, his, his doctor friend and his wife, the ones that we had lunch with. Um, and they had come back to get the truck. And from what I understand, because I don't, don't have much of a memory about this whole thing, I really don't have much of a memory about it at all. Right. Um, but from what I understand, they forced their way into that back bedroom and found me. Um, and the, once they got to, to the hospital, I, get, I guess I had a seizure on the way to the hospital. Um, so when I got the hospital I don't I'm not aware of anything um, since the the trail I'm not aware of anything else that happened other than waking up and seeing my they raised my bed and I I I looked in the mirror and I looked like Rocky my my eyes were slits Mm. Um, I was unrecognizable. I, you, you, I mean, you couldn't recognize me if you, you know. I looked, and I know, I know a lot of it was probably had to do. They, they did eight hours of surgery on my on my back, so probably a lot of that had to do with me being face down, you know, uh-huh. doing surgery. On me, they they put um, donor bone in my in my back. Um, can you, know, you walk the bridge? Now? Yeah, yeah, I I can do pretty much everything. Um, I have I I I call myself bionic because I you know <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty high up my back. It, it's not really um, it's not really low. Um, sometimes it, you know, the muscle hurts. Uh, but I really, you know, I don't, I don't run anymore. You know, I don't. Uh, I did a face plant um, a week before Thanksgiving with my dog, but um, that was that was pretty traumatic. But um, I pretty much, you know. I do um, everything I used to do. I uh, other than the other day when I saw that thing, uh, you know, with the the guy that worked for Trump, and Trump said, "Well, he said he didn't do it." You know, um, I cannot believe that he didn't get a misdemeanor. And the judge let him off with, you know, just basic, 
basically said, you know, um, take anger management courses and and we'll call it good, you know. Um, uh, but the thing, the problem were, with that is it's not an anger management problem. Yeah, I, abuse is not an anger management problem. It's a, it's a, dis, it's a personality disorder. They have a whole lot more than anger management problems. As you said before, you saw him hit his own son with uh, clubs. You know, yeah. he wasn't even mad at you for anything. You didn't do anything. It's not, and, and that's the problem we're having. It's not an anger management problem, and law enforcement and judicial officials seem to think that, hey, just take a anger management course. You'll be fine. Um, it has nothing to do with anger management. It has everything to do with a lot of psychological problems that stemmed back from when they were young. Well, he went uh, – he, he, like they said, he, he was so privileged. He'd never been in a grocery store before. Right. Uh-huh. And when I, I, I went back to get my things, I, I had – my youngest son was only nine. My other children were grown up by then. Um, I, I went back to get my things. He was gone, but his sister had, had come back to uh, take her daughter to college there, to BYU. Um, and I heard, you know – um, I was using a walker, and my son was in the living room, and he he wasn't supposed to come back, but he did. And he, his sister was there, and I I heard his voice, and he said, to my son, he said, where's my kids? And I grabbed my walker, and this is so hard. Um, I grabbed my walker, and I got out there as fast as I could. I had a full body you know, casting on, and I said, I just told my son, I said, I said, run in the bath. I said, I said, he doesn't have your keys. I told my son, run in the bathroom, unlock the door, and him and his sister got, got into this knockdown, drag out fight. She was pulling his hair. He was, they were punching, hitting each other. He grabbed my face and twisted it so hard that that not only do I have all these problems, now I've got a hairline fracture in my neck. The, the ambulance came. Um, and this is after you got home from the hospital is, from him yeah, beating you to a pulp and almost killing you. This is, yeah, this is, this is after all of this happened. Well, so why was, was he even the, allowed to come near you? He wasn't supposed to be there. He he was. He violated a no contact or a, something like that. Yeah. Well, I don't even. I don't, I don't even know. His sister told me that I could come and get my things. Um, that he wouldn't be there. That she would be be there to you know to protect me and until. You know, um, until she would be there to protect me, and, and, and until I 
I I cut all my my things and I I I was I was gone. The police got there. Um, they were putting me in the ambulance, and um, he was trying to run away. And the police policeman put put his head into the ground, and I remember him just just saying, um, "He was almost crying." This gave me a lot of satisfaction, and the cop said, "Do you like beating up women and children?" Or do you, you know, um, he was saying, "Let me up, let me up." What, what? what an awesome crying. cop for that. That was uh, yeah, that yeah. Was Provo it, City is that Provo City or yeah. Sheriff? It it was. I I'm 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 not quite sure, but it gave me some satisfaction to see someone stand up to him because nobody did. Nobody stood up. Nobody stood up to him. Nobody in my ward. I mean, it was just, you know, that was the only person I saw was him and the lady detective. Um, you know, the, I saw the Did he go to court on that one? Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Um, and and what happened I, on that one? Do you know? I didn't go. I I didn't go to court ever. I okay. I I, I never went to court. I I don't. All I know is that he um he got the anger management. He didn't get anything else. He didn't get the um. So the second time after a hairline fracture in your neck, he didn't get any additional charges. That that was the time that they couldn't charge charge him for anything the first time because I didn't remember. The second time, he got anger management. So that let me clarify that that the second okay. time he got the anger because the first okay. time. He's standing over your body even the first though, time, and he doesn't yeah, call the even though, police. Yeah, even though I'm in a bad bedroom, my lung is punctured, I'm unconscious, um, my back is broken in six places, crushed in one place, um, you know, all my ribs are bro- broken, um, but he didn't do anything, you know. It was the elf on the shelf um, that must have been yes, it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm... I'm in shock here how incompetent yeah. our um, legal system is to not even know what was going on. Yeah, his his explanation his explanation was that I'd had a seizure and he did CPR on me. <laughs> oh, that's it. That was his All right. And I asked the doctor who was his friend, I said, "Could could this happen?" And he just said, "Well, yeah." And um uh, every doctor I've talked to since that, you know, they said, did you fall off a mountain? You know, 30, you know, 50, you know, I'm not, no. One doctor, um, I I went to, I, I had to get dis, disability. If anybody needed it, I did. Um, and the, the you know the doctors aren't supposed to say anything, give anything up, and I'm quoting this doctor. I don't, but the doctor walked in, looked at the X-ray, 
and all he said was Jesus Christ. He walked out. There, there's eight screws that look like they're from Ace Hardware. They're so big. Um, I'm so sorry you went through but, that. Well, I mean, you know, I would rather have me go through it than one of my children or somebody I love. I, I just, but the know, thing is, they I did nothing until so someone else is going to go through it. Like you said that you talked to that woman on the phone that you answered his phone, and she said, get out. He beat her up, and she still wanted to go out with him after that. Right. Yeah. I. I so he already beat I, someone I, up after he beat you up or, you know, right about that time. Well, his, yeah, and his son actually told me he went out on the trellis meeting because, you know, um, he was home for two weeks from school, and he said, um, he told me, he said, you know, be careful of my dad, you know, and he says he, he's pushed women around. That's what he told me, and then I saw the thing with him and his dad, and um, I couldn't believe, couldn't believe it, you know, I thought, I was crying. I said, please, you know, stop. He, you know, he said, he said, you owe me 500 bucks. That's my putter. And I, I'd never seen it. You know, I was sheltered. I'd never seen anybody um, beat up anybody like that before in my life. Right. Um, you know, I lived in a bubble. I'd never seen anything like that before. Um, and never since I, um, you know, I've been married to my husband now um, for almost six years, and he still, you know. Um, um, since it is public information um, that he uh, had went to court and had to take anger management classes, can you share his name with us? Or do you dare? If you feel your life is at risk. Oh, no. His name's Daniel Plater. Okay. And that's good information, girlfriend. I'll tell you why. Because we don't want anyone else going out with him. Because I guarantee you anger management classes aren't going to help him because he doesn't have an anger management problem. He has a psychological problem that needs to be dealt with. He needs to be locked away for a really long time with a really good therapist for about 50 Mm -hmm. years. And then... Then they should consider anger management classes once he gets out. But that didn't happen. So thank you for sharing his name. And I hope everybody listening does not date Daniel Plater under any conditions. Because one thing about these, and and you, you brought it kind of up, but I will share it even more. Narcissists always have a harem of women. And you kind of experienced that because she called and said, hey, he beat the crap out of me. But it's okay. I want to go out with him again. Um that's not abnormal, but he has more than her. I guarantee you he had far many uh, women on his string, and he still does today. I guarantee it. It's just how they are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, him and uh, our president have a lot in common, I would imagine. So, yeah, Daniel Boyder, don't date him. Don't go out with him. Okay. Right, and I appreciate Absolutely. you bringing that up because, um, and I ask all women, um, 
if they want to share the name, to please let all women know just out of courtesy <laughs> for all of us. Yeah. Already been victims because we sometimes tend to marry another uh, abuser. And um, I don't know why that is, but that, that happens sometimes. And so it's good information to have. And, and like you said, he was very charismatic, very fun, very kind. And you married him quickly because that was something he um, pushed on you, right? Uh, that's not abnormal either. They really push for a quick marriage because if it was a short, if it was a long um engagement you would figure out who he was and you'd say oh oh no no I'm not gonna marry this guy but that's why they push for a quick quick marriage but and you wonder you're you're like you know um if a woman's in a relationship um before that I you think why doesn't she just get out you know yeah and I'm here to say you know this is why I you don't get you know, out. You're embarrassed. You're embarrassed. You, know, you might be no. embarrassed, but seventy um, percent of all deaths occur. So it's a death sentence to say, "Hey, just get out." What I always say to women is, "We need to prepare you to leave. We need to prepare you for safety to leave." And then mm-hmm. I give them um, ideas on what they need to do and how they need to uh, advance after that. Exactly. But you never just yeah. tell someone just get out because. Uh, they the seventy percent of all deaths occur when they're either leaving or have just left. Right. I I um if my dad had been here, it wouldn't have happened at all. That was kind of the turning point. I I had to get out at that point. There you know there was no option. I had right. to get out at that point. Now he but I could have died. He, you kind of got out, right? Uh, he came to your house or his house or you, you're got both of your houses. I mean, you're married to him, so it's both of your house, right? Yeah, it was at the time. Yeah, so I, I, I was, I was getting my things out to uh, leave to move out. I had to move back in with my mom because, yeah. uh, you know. Me and my ex-husband were selling our house, and um, and that was a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah. So it was I his did. house. You were moving your stuff out, and his sister went to protect you while you got stuff yes. out. And she she was bringing her daughter to I'm sorry, a student at BYU um, from from Lake Tahoe. And his family was very nice. His mother was very nice. His sisters, um, they were all very nice people. He was just, and they were saying, you know, you're too nice for him. He's a jerk. You know, they they told me that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he, he called his friend jock sniffers. You know, he, he wasn't. Yeah, whatever. Well, and they. That's true. They are very unkind to their friends. Um, mine used to call his all sorts of names and then go out drinking with them. And you're like, I, after you talked, called them those names and talked about them like that, you're, you're best friends with them? He goes, oh, yeah. I'll never tell them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, 
it's just so when you went to the canyon, you know, um, Lori, uh, whose idea was that to go hiking in the canyon on the 24th of July? It wasn't even really a hike. I, um, it was just like on a dirt road. Um, it it was his idea. Um, I didn't even really like being with him at that point, but it was his idea. That, you know, the uh, the air conditioning in his car, uh, his Tahoe was um, out. He was in a bad mood, um, so it was it was his idea. I I was actually in a summer dress, so so it wasn't really. So it was premeditated, basically. His um, thrashing was premeditated. I, you know, I don't know. He would just fly off the the wall sometimes. Well, just so you know, that's not only narcissistic. That's um, also um, borderline personality when they rage like that. uh So he had more than one. Disorder. He was really sick. He's still a sick puppy. He hasn't gotten out for that. And thank you to the Provo police. I mean, not police. I'm sorry. Uh, justice system. Uh, the DA and the judge did nothing for him to get him the help that he needs. And so, therefore, there is more women who are going to be attacked similarly and possibly killed. What makes me really wonder about something, Lori, is the fact that. Let me see. When someone gets killed, they have a lot of evidence. They work through the evidence to find out who did that. But yet they didn't take the time to find out who did that to you because you lived. What kind of a a judicial system does Provo have? Not a very intelligent one because the TV can do a whole lot better than they could. Should have hired the CSI team from CBS. They would have done far better. I was found in our home, you know, um, who, who, who else could have done it, you know, um, and in 11 years, you know, who, who else could he have hurt right now, you know, I have felt, I I have felt bad about that. Um, but you have and, come forward, girlfriend. You have talked about this, and you have brought this forward, and um, it is out there. And so you're not alone. I guarantee you, not the first person he beat up. I guarantee you, he's not the second, the last person he beat up. What I will tell you is, I guarantee you, there's murders out there that are that go um, unnoticed because the judges and the district attorneys know who did it and they're not going to file against him because he's some sort of a golden boy for Provo. Right. Right. I wasn't important. Did you say his last name was Plater or Slater? Plater with a P. Plate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He Um, has a huge, huge flag thing you know, um, at the football field, you know, how they have this, you know, Jim McMahon, uh, he's, he's just a dirtbag, you know, I just, um, if anybody is dating him right now or seeing him run, you know. Yeah. And so he has honors, um, at BYU? A big, you know, 
at the football stadium, how they have the, the huge flags of the And maybe we should um, contact BYU and ask to have that removed. I, I mean, I don't know if it's still there or not. Um, I I would imagine. I don't want anybody I, I that does that to women have accolades of any sort. No. Because they don't deserve it. Absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I... I have no idea where he's at. You know, I I don't know. I I don't. I mean, up till now, I I don't even care where he's at. Right. Um, right. I don't think he's going to come and try to find me. Um, no, I, you know, <laughs> once you get the word out, they'll know who does come to find you. I mean, for some reason, and I don't get this. Law enforcement do a whole lot more after you're dead than if you're injured. And I'm not getting that picture. Um, I'm not sure why it's more important to law enforcement and the judicial officials and the criminal justice system that they will actually do something once you're murdered. I don't get that. And that's why Utah has 40% of all homicides are DV related because Utah has not got on board on how to handle um, domestic violence. Talk about a few of those later on tonight, too, but um, that's the problem. Utah has not got on board. Their justice system, their criminal justice system has not got on board on how to handle. And this is an excellent example. So I am so, so grateful to you that you have brought this up. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I, you know, um, I don't talk to a lot of of women who, you know, I don't know if they don't know how to bring it up or it's a tough subject, you know. Right. You hear about strangers. If you you would like, I can um, hook you up with some groups in that area. Um, I work with Pictar down here, and they have some in Salt Lake and around Salt Lake area, and I'll see if Pictar has um, a group up there in Provo. If not, um, I can talk to Farmington. I live in Farmington. Okay. Now. Um, my, but if my you want to group, has, I can help you with that. Oh, that would be awesome. That um, I I do I do pretty good. Uh, um, except for that that day, and and I did call my husband, and he came home, and um, I don't understand why um, these men get away with what they get away with, um, the, you know, the Kavanaugh thing. I, I just have this, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, they get away raised, with it because you, know, you lived. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, um, I, I was, you know, raised conservative, Republican, you know, and I still, I, I, I still hold those Values, but it seems like the last few years is I don't understand. Um, you know, well, the last 11 yeah. years, but uh, I have granddaughters now. I mean, you know, I have daughters, but I have granddaughters, and that's awesome. I can't, you know, look at them and uh, not. 
you know, not not do anything. Um, right. And I am so you know, glad that you found too. someone who will love you for who you are and and understands what you've been through and helps you through that. That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, he's he's not from around here, you know. He's <laughs> he uh, he's from San Francisco, so he it wasn't really, you know. Um, there's a lot a lot of good men from here, but I I chose to. Um, not pick one from here, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I do. Good um, move. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, it was uh, nice talking to you. Um, it was nice talking to you. In closing, um, I'm going to continue talking about some other subjects, but in closing, would you like to add anything um, to what you've already said? Just, you know, it can happen to anybody, even, you know, somebody like me who never um, suffered abuse, you know. Right. And just, I I would just say if if you're suffering abuse, start putting a little money away in a backpack or something, hiding it, and, um, you know, take it, uh, you know, Scroll a little money away, put you yeah. know clothing, and whatever, you know what? and just take That's it. That's a really good uh, suggestion because I always suggest get a, a a bank account in a bank that he doesn't have an account in on your own without him any knowledge of him and start socking it away. Or just cash, yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's unfortunately if there's cash for some reason, these guys find all that stuff. So you'd have yeah. to sock it away at like a friend's house or something, but right, yeah, just it's just something. I mean, just yeah. to get out, you know. It's important. I, yeah, yeah. So that's just, you know, don't be afraid to say something, you know. Right, right. I agree with you. The me, the, the whole me too thing is great. I think, you know, the whole that whole thing, yeah, is great. Um, yeah, but but I, I um my friend Karma I, I am I'm grateful to her for I love you know, Karma. Karma is <laughs> actually she, the one that um helped me uh, a lot because I was actually revictimized by my ward, um a ward I had just left, and I can't say that they weren't trying to help. I don't know if they were or not, but they weren't very helpful. Um. It was, you know, very unhelpful. But, you know, when people don't know about it, understand it, they are very unhelpful and they're very mean, um, condescending and uh, belittling. And that's what happened. And she goes, um, Shireen, come with me. <laughs> well, I think I, th- I think um, karma wasn't raised in, in Utah, Mormon, you know. I think no. Mormons, um, you know, raised it outside of um, Utah are different. Um, I think that's, you know, she told me that, I, and they have a smoking section in her ward, you know, which just blew me away. Um, they have a smoking section? Yeah. In the Oregon ward? <laughs> in the Oregon ward? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's just different. 
Um, <laughs> talk to her about the smoking section. I was in that ward. I didn't know about the smoking section. Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe I sat in the smoking section and did not know I was in the smoking you, you just didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. my friend. And, and Karma, could you, you have a more perfect name? I mean, come on. Oh, it's true. You it's know, true. I want that name. I want her her name. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love I love Karma. Who 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 wouldn't? You know. I know. She just texted but, me. She goes, the smoking section is in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> she no won't come on and talk no to you. Zone. She's too afraid uh, to to come on. She's like, oh no, I can't do that. But she can text me and tell me everything. <laughs> no studying. See and see, I I stutter as a result of all that. But oh no, you did great. I, I didn't think you really stuttered I, at all. Oh, good, good. <laughs> but I was I was actually at the zoo this past summer, and um, she came. I felt these um, hands on my eyes, you know, and I don't know, and I I just said it's karma, <laughs> and it was her, and you know, how did I know she was here? I don't know. I just knew that it was, was her. great. And it well, was. And yeah. I'm waiting yeah. for her to come down to St. George and visit me for sure. I've begged and pleaded, jumped up and down and cried, uh, but that doesn't seem to help anything. She won't come visit me. <laughs> you need to go see her. I know I need to go see her. Or it's just this beautiful place. But oh, yeah. I lived there lady. for a while. <laughs> oh, you did? But that, oh. Yeah, that being said, that's where my abuser is. And every time I go up oh. there, he tries to kill me in some way. I mean, you know. Oh, so he, he finds no. out. It's a small area, just so you know, and everybody knows everybody. And I mean, ten seconds after I hit Oregon, for some reason, he seems to know. I don't know how. Oh no! Oh, oh then don't, don't. I have a son in Portland, but I, I, I love Carmen, and she's yeah, the most genuine. She you is know, um, person. Uh, she moved just before I got my divorce, and I, I you know, I could have used her because yeah. it was the most heart-wrenching, you know, um, people talking about, you know, it's Well, she's the greatest advocate for domestic violence, and I tell you right now, anytime you need her, you can reach out to her, and she will absolutely be there for you. She has always oh, been there is. for me every time I needed her. Oh, absolutely. And her girls, I uh, watched them grow up. But they, I was in Young Women's Forever. Me and her girls camp, I, I mean, we, we had, you know, we were unruly and they probably wanted to kick us out for our, you know, grossness. But we, we had... We had a good time. We had a good time. Awesome. I think she told me that witchcraft was one of their required classes in school <laughs> one time, which I thought was awesome. What school did she go to? I'll I, have to ask her that. I can't remember. <laughs> I, witchcraft, that's interesting. I, I just think that, that I think that was one of her required classes for some reason. That's funny. Anyway, well, I'll, I'll definitely um, talk to her more about that. But it, I would just want, yeah. is there anything else you want to add um, to what you've discussed tonight? And I have to thank you so much for bringing to light um, everything that you've brought to light so far. Um, gosh, you know, that that's probably 
you know, as close as, uh, you know, as, as, as I can say, I mean. Okay. You know, there's. Um, and I, I just have to tell you, thank you so much. Um, just so everybody, just so everybody knows. <laughs> Um, Lori was a willing participant after, um, I had someone planned for, uh, several weeks and I got a call about 15 minutes before the show was gone. And she said she couldn't go on as per her lawyer. Cause she's, uh, filing some additional charges against, I think her abuser, the person I was going to have on. And, um, so I'm like, karma, will you go on? And she goes, <laughs> hold on. She goes, the shock. Is, is is right here and that shock says no but hold on for one minute let me let me think about this but after one minute it was like no no I can't go on <laughs> Karma she, was hilarious. <laughs> she was hilarious but anyway girlfriend so um, lady. let's talk more and I will hook you up with the DV um, group in your area and um, okay. you will love it absolutely okay sweetie thank you so much thank you have a good night nice meeting you too Nice meeting you. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to go to a public service announcement at this time, and then we're going to finish up the show with some different topics that are very important. Uh, the Lauren McCluskey is one of them. Um, uh, the Ephraim Bronson case, and I'll share that with you in just a minute. Here's your public service announcement. My savings are gone. Okay, where were they last? Here, right before I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Weird. Not weird. Not saving now means no money later. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back. This is Shereen with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Lauren McCluskey case and what the law enforcement could have done better, or uh, did they do good enough? Um, I'm going to give you my opinion, <laughs> since I don't have anyone to bounce that off of. Um, she contacted the University, uh, the university of uh, USU, and um, I'm sorry, not USU, University of Utah, and she contacted the security there or the police uh, there, and they did very little. Um, they did what they could. Uh, what I would have suggested is that they felt safe uh she felt unsafe and that they did nothing for her is what her feeling was so she went to the salt lake police department to intervene um despite uh everything else and they said there was nothing they could do either and consequently uh lauren mccluskey was uh killed uh she uh, by her abuser who she had only been dating for one month so uh, when someone says you need to know someone for a long time, uh, that might not be an option. Uh, he killed her once she found out that he had uh, multiple charges, that his name uh, was a lie, his age was a lie, and um, that he had long hi- criminal history. And one, also, that he was on the sexual offender registry. And so for all women out there, for one thing, uh, if you start dating someone, please check the sexual offender registry. The only thing is, is in this case, he lied to her about his name. 
So she would never have found him, would she? And lying happens to be one of the most popular things for abusers to do, is they lie about their age, they lie about where they're from, they lie about their name, they lie about everything just so that you can't find anything out about them. And that's um, their MO. In her case, uh, she would never have been able to find out any information, but the law enforcement is who we think can keep us safe, and we want them to keep us safe. And we have to be able to trust them. The unfortunate part is they're not very well trained in domestic violence. So they don't know where their boundaries are and they don't know who to believe. That's why there's a lot of uh, teams around the United States that I have been researching that have a domestic abuse response team. They are educated in this area and uh, they know how to identify an abuser versus a victim. They know how to, um, help uh, law enforcement uh, by collecting data, uh, but they know how to talk to a victim. They know how to talk to an abuser. And um, unfortunately, in this case, neither one uh, Salt Lake nor did uh, uh, University of Utah Uh, make the right choices and unfortunately uh, one of our dear sisters of domestic violence ended up dead and uh, that happened in I believe October of uh, last year. Another case I want to bring to uh, the front lines before uh, my time runs out which is in about five minutes is in Ephraim, Utah. I was sent an an article from the uh, San Pete Messenger. And let me read this to you because this will give you an idea of how in that area things are taken care of. Uh, Kyle Ross Bronson, 36, of Ephraim, has pleaded guilty to assault causing bodily injury, a Class A misdemeanor, and intoxication, a Class C misdemeanor, during a domestic violence incident on November 24th at his home. Bronson was arrested by Officer... Steve Cragen of Ephraim Police Department for drinking excessively and assaulting his wife. When Officer Cragen got to the scene, he noticed that Bronson's wife was bleeding heavily and her lips had been uh, had a chipped tooth, um, according to the PC report. The victim stated Kyle followed her into the bedroom and started punching her in the face, the report Said the altercation occurred in the presence of the Bronson's children, and one of his sons was knocked over during the assault. In a plea negotiation, and please tell me, people, please tell me why we're doing plea negotiations with domestic violence abusers. Why are we doing that? <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, in a plea negotiation, charges of committing domestic violence in the presence of a child and reckless injury to a child were dismissed. Oh, so now we can hurt children and do horrible things in front of children, and we dismiss it. Bronson was ordered to serve, okay, get this, four days in jail. Four days with credit given for time already served. What was that? 24 hours? I have no idea. And placed on probation for 24 months. Aren't we excited? In addition, he is required to pay a $750 fine, which most likely he doesn't even have a job. She most likely has the job, and she'll be paying the $750 fine. So just so you know, because I want everyone to know who the um, 
district attorney was that was making those plea deals, or the county attorney, uh, is it was either Kevin Daniels, I am told, or it was Deputy Wes Magnum. So of Ephraim, or San Pete County, I guess is where they were. So if you could please contact them and let them know that they need a little bit of help on how they treat their uh, abusers. Uh, another thing it, the article does not tell us is whether he had a restraining order, anything like that. But <clears throat> just to make things a little bit uh, worse, the person after him uh, from Ephraim on this uh, in this newspaper article, which I will not read, even though the, the article is public information, correct? So his name's Wyatt. Um, he's from Ephraim. This is what happened to him. And has pleaded guilty to possession of a controlled sub- substance, a Class A misdemeanor, and been sentenced to two years of probation. He was also ordered to serve 21 day- days in jail, but he was given credit for time served. He will also be required to pay a $750 fine. So let me get this straight. People who beat the crap out of women get four days, and those who have a controlled substance get 21 days. Not only beat the crap out of women, but do it in front of their children. And that's why Utah needs to get on board. Uh, They are uh, allowing this type of behavior to be considered acceptable in this area in the state and that's why they have 40 percent of all homicides are domestic violence related 40 percent that's one of the highest in the united states that i have found i don't think anyone has higher than that so either we are the highest or we couple with something very closely to it that being said as well it's my understanding it's also 100 percent women who are killed So that tells us that the physical violence towards women is acceptable in Utah, and it will continue to be acceptable in Utah until they make some changes, and those changes would most likely be have a domestic abuse response team are actually volunteer, but they're professionals. They know what they're doing, and according to research that I have done, they get uh, better data, they get more convictions, and... um, let me see, more data. The data collection is better, more convictions. I thought there was three things. But anyway, so it, it works out in the long run that these guys actually get put away and they get the help that they need. It is not an anger management problem when someone is dealing with domestic violence. When someone is an abuser, it is not, a domestic, it is not an anger management problem. It is a psychological problem. They were abused as a child and they abused as an adult. So they need a lot of psychological help. Does that mean that we throw away the key when we throw them into jail? If you ask me, the answer would be yes. If you, As long as you get them the help that they need, and then when they can prove that their behavior and that they're healthy in their mind, then they should be released, and not one minute before. <clears throat> okay, I was going to go into another case, but my time is ending if it hasn't already. So I have... <clears throat> Oh, aren't we lucky? I have 29 minutes? Excellent. So there's a couple things with Lori that I want to discuss as well. These are patterns in uh, domestic violence abusers. Lori said that 
uh, her abuser did not want her to talk to other women and would literally go into her church where in her church, in the Mormon church, they divide into men groups and women groups. And he would literally pull her out of the women's group so that she wouldn't discuss her situation with anyone else. So therefore, isolating her. And that is very, very popular among abusers. So please keep that in mind. They have to have that much control that they would literally take them out of um, out of their whatever group they want to be in. They make sure that they're not around other people. <clears throat> okay. She did not know um, how to get out. That is not uncommon. Um, I know myself. I said, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how to get out. I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to start to do it. It's very important that if you meet someone and you know that they're being abused, do not say to them, please do not say to them, get out. Just get out. You just leave. No, you do not just leave because that is a death sentence. So what you say is you need to prepare for safety. The first thing you need to do. Now, these women, just so you know, because they're under so much stress, so much anxiety, they um, are not thinking correctly and their judgment is, is poor. And this is happens very frequently in those with a lot of anxiety. They're not thinking correctly and their judgment is poor. So therefore, letting them know that you will help them through the safety process so that they can exit safely is the proper way of handling that. If you, do, you personally do not know how to handle that, if you don't know how to do that, please contact someone who does. Any of your domestic violence centers should have an advocate on staff that can help them through that. Hopefully. Uh, if not, uh, PICTAR, um, Pacific Islander to Knowledge and Resources, is up in the Salt Lake area and also down in the St. George area. Both uh, areas uh, of this group are highly qualified and, um, and very well to work with as far as the advocacy and helping people to prepare to leave and uh, many other things as well. They have... Um, facilitated meetings uh, where to help you understand what's going on to be able you'll be able to talk privately and um, sincerely and get out what's going on and and asking questions about domestic violence and that would be for anyone who maybe has information who would like to learn more about domestic violence or also um, is in a domestic violence situation Okay, Lori wanted, her husband wanted her to cut her hair a certain way. This is very common. It's a control thing, as all of them are. Very narcissistic. Uh, they want them to have, he, want, he wanted to have complete control over her. Cutting her hair the way he wanted it uh, was, is, is very normal. Mine would say, I don't like the color of your hair. I don't like the clothes that you wear. I don't like your weight. Very common. Weight is very common. Uh, diminishing in any way is very common. Uh, something physical, your makeup, you look ugly, anything like that. Very demeaning uh, verbiage. And um, that is very characteristic of uh, a narcissist, uh, an abuser, uh, a behavioral abuser as well. Uh, and then... Um, yeah, my my biggest problem with that was he was given anger management classes, uh, no misdemeanor and no felony, nothing. He wasn't given anything. And that was from, now this was 11 years ago, 10, 
10 years ago. Uh, in Provo, I'm hoping that things in Provo has changed. I am not sure because I have not had a lot of good um, response about people bragging about how Provo does things. So hopefully that will change in the near future if it has not changed already. But it's my understanding that it still has poor reception for victims and poor reception and abilities for abusers, such as like Ephraim giving someone four days for uh, blooding someone up, chipping their tooth. Now, there's one other case I want to talk about. I was going to talk about Lori's case in St. George, Utah, but I'm not going to because she is not here and because it's going to affect, uh, this is a different Lori uh, who is going to be on tonight. It's going to affect her case because even though her case about the domestic violence is over, she is um, retorting with a case of her own. So... I want to talk about a hurricane case that um, Ken is a town in, in St. George, I'm sorry, a, a town in Southern Utah and it's a very small town. So I am not going to say the name of the girl that this occurred with because everyone would know her anyway, because that's how small this town is. So what happened was, is she had a fight with her husband. He pushed her down. She uh, fractured or broke her wrist I can't remember which. She had a brace on it. I do know that. And um, she went into shock. Now, I'm not sure if you understand shock. Shock is we don't remember uh, probably anything that happened. We don't listen because we don't know what's going on. We don't, we have bad judgment. We make poor choices because we are in shock. Okay. Shock is. Is like you're walking around in a daze. I'm trying to explain this to people who don't understand shock. You're walking around in a daze. You really don't know who to trust. You can't trust anybody. Anyway, so she went into, uh, and I believe her husband and her were separated at the time, but I'm not exactly sure about that. And she went into his house, into the room, and she's just rocking back and forth. That would have been clue number one to law enforcement that she was in shock. Rocking back and forth is a soothing mechanism for Um, anyone with psychological um, abuse or psychological problems of any sort. So when the law enforcement went in, they say, you need to get out of here. And she didn't obey. She, um, she really was, uh, she really couldn't understand what he was saying. Um, She was oblivious. And it's not like she could just say, okay, I will leave because you asked me to. That's not how that works. When you're in shock, you're in your own world, you're, she's trying to soothe herself. He's not allowing that. Uh, she ended up um, peeing on herself because of the amount of stress that she was under. And one thing I have to add is in my dissertation right now, I am studying emotional distress. And emotional distress, let me read to you actually what I've just written um, on this uh, subject. And emotional distress has higher levels of emotional, okay, higher levels of emotional distress are far more destructive to mental health than any other type of abuse. So when you put any pressure on a, uh, on a victim that is already under uh, stress because of psychological abuse, because of physical abuse, because of whatever, right? And this girl already has a broken arm or a broken uh, wrist, sorry, or fractured. I'm not exactly sure, but you know, they're pretty similar. So, She's already under emotional stress because of, uh, or in shock because she's already injured. 
Emotional distress has a direct association with psychological abuse and was found in a study by Hill et al., 2009, that DVA, or domestic violence and abuse survivors, noted emotional distress lasted two years following the emotional violence. So this doesn't get over tomorrow just because the situation is over. Now, women who have experienced psychological abuse were twice as likely to experience emotional distress than women who had not experienced any abuse at all. So if you're psychologically abused, most likely you're under distress. Every single abuse victim experiences psychological abuse. It is the baseline of all abuses. No one just walks up to someone and hits them. They psychologically lull them into uh, false security. And they start to ridicule, tear them down, uh, that type of thing. The psychological abuse occurs first, and then all the other abuses on top of that. Once the psychological abuse, then the emotional distress starts to enter in. So if someone starts coming in and start making demands or bullying you, anything like that, and law enforcement, bless their little hearts, are sometimes um, sometimes bully. I, I had that happen to several of my um, friends and um, because they think that's the way to make it work. They don't think it's bullying, but um, that's what I call it. They say a direct command. Okay, that's bullying when you're already a basket case, just saying. Throwing that out there for those that don't understand that concept. So when you're already under emotional distress, it makes it worse when we have someone compounding that just as this individual I'm talking about in Hurricane Utah. So it not only compounds that, it creates a worse environment for them psychologically, and it lasts longer for healing for sure. Now, just to go into a little bit more detail on what had transpired with this young woman, she was arrested. Yes, yes, abusers around here don't get arrested for some reason. I am not sure why, but it's not very, it doesn't happen very much. And I, I am actually told that um, when victims are arrested, and not in this case, this didn't happen in this case, but it has happened in other cases, the victims are taking the anger management classes that don't uh, help an abuser anyway instead of uh, the abuser themselves. So we have several victims taking anger management classes. Isn't that wonderful? That's going to help them, and it's going to help the abuser, I think, don't you? Okay, so... She gets arrested. She takes it, takes it to court. She calls me, and I tell her the one thing. I work with victims specifically who are arrested because that is my forte. And I always tell them the same thing. Do not, do not uh, admit to any uh, guilt. Never plead guilty. Never do anything like that. Well, she was going to therapy because Lord knows she needed it. We all need it. Um, all victims need some sort of therapy or um, uh, help through this, through different uh, facilitated groups, such as the one I su- suggested with Pictar. And um, she was seeing a therapist. The therapist actually happened to be a um, district attorney prior to this, or a prosecuting attorney prior to being a therapist. And so he asked permission to contact her 
uh, the district attorney or the prosecuting attorney in this case in Washington County, Utah. His name is, uh, since it's public information, I can give it out. It's Joseph Hood. And he said to him, you've got it all wrong. She is the victim, not the perpetrator. At that point, if the district attorney cared anything about the victim at all under any conditions, he would have dropped the case. In fact, he did not drop the case. In fact, what he did is now he has someone he can go after and he knows he can, wouldn't you go after a wounded bird more than you'd go after one who wasn't, right? And so that's what he has. He wants to have a win. He doesn't care that she's a victim of domestic violence. That's where the criminal justice system needs to cease. They need to help the victims, not go after them because they're already wounded and you already know that because you want another win on your list. That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to work. That's not how you get rid of domestic violence. And yes, I do use the word ain't from time to time. Okay, so instead I said to her, you need to not plead guilty or plead down your case or anything else. You need to take this all the way. And I tell that to every single woman that gets arrested that is a victim. And I know how to identify whether they're a victim or not because that is what I do. Okay, so in her case, um, I did have to leave to go to work. And I, I gave her that instruction. And she texted me later on and she said he was going to drag me through the mud unless I pleaded guilty. I cannot any longer handle any more emotional distress more than what I've already endured. I can't do it. And so this was a win. Wasn't that wonderful for Joseph Hood? Because he wanted to drag a victim through the mud. Now, should we call our district attorneys or assistant district attorneys who do that uh, abusers? Because are they not abusing? He knew that she was a victim of abuse. He got a call from her therapist that was approved by her to let him know that he this was wrong, that he was she was the victim. At that time, he should have dismissed it and said, no, we will not continue on with this. We are letting this go. But but he he didn't and he wouldn't and they won't. And I'll tell you why they won't, because they care only about themselves. They only want to win. And they're very pleased when they got a wounded bird. And that's what they had. And that's what he had. And that's why he didn't mind destroying her mental health any more than was already done. How sad is that? That's where things go wrong in our criminal justice system. That's all I have to say. That's that's where they go wrong. <clears throat> that's what we have to fix. And so hopefully with... The, uh, domestic abuse uh, response teams as they have all over the United States. I'm very impressed with the work that they do um, with everything that I have studied. I've seen it in numerous states and I think it will be extraordinarily helpful if they had them throughout Utah as well. Now these are volunteer groups that know what to do, know how to do it and are familiar with um, domestic violence abusers and victims. And I am going to, because I'm required, we're going to take a quick uh, public service announcement. Be right back. 
This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. I want to thank everyone for listening tonight. I hope I didn't sound like I was on a rant, but I'm going to tell you right now, nothing hurts me more than watching victims um, be arrested or mistreated by the judicial system or the criminal justice system in any way. And we should all be appalled by the things that happened to like Lori, um, her abuser, by the things that happened to um, my friend out of Hurricane, um, all of these things, uh, by the poor woman in Ephraim, um, by another friend of mine, Lori, that happened down here in St. George. Um, it's just so sad. Uh, we can't allow this to happen because the tr- the criminal justice system is re-victimizing abuse victims, and we need to have something stop. And so we need to stand up. And I, I would appreciate if you any of those uh, areas, uh, their district attorneys, their their law enforcement, whoever. Uh, in some cases, and I really like the one in Ephraim, those uh, law enforcement officers were awesome. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, and um, he actually arrested the perpetrator uh, instead of the victim. So that was uh, a plus, but he also reported everything exactly as it happened. The breakdown there was with the uh, prosecuting attorney and the and the judge. Personally, I think the judge should stand up for domestic violence victims when the district attorney has a I want to win attitude for some reason. Uh, that I don't like that. Um, I think that needs to be uh, personal. Um, what do you call that? Uh, personal gain at her expense. It makes them feel a little bit better, which some might say might seem like a little narcissistic. In, in some cases, it is. What I will tell you is my show, because they're very happy with what I'm doing, is now every week at 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, and 8 Central. I'm very excited about this month. I'm going to have uh, Leslie Browning on next month, uh, or next week. Sorry, and she's going to be talking about the judicial system, the criminal justice system, and what they knew about her daughter's death and when they knew it. Uh, she has uh, tapes that she's going to play for us, and so we'll hear uh, a little bit about what they truly knew, and we're going to discuss that. The week after that, uh, we'll be—I will have—we'll uh, be discussing a financial abuse, and I have a financial advisor that's coming on. Uh, Lionel uh, Shipman, he's amazing, absolutely amazing, and I think the absolute world of him. The week following that, I will have Stacy oh, Womack on, and she is actually the owner or uh, founder of 
Arms, Abuse Recovery Ministry Services out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, this is found not only in Portland, but it's also uh, in Washington here in Utah. It was an amazing group. I went to that when I was in Oregon myself, and it helped me in a big way recover. So we're going to be talking about arms and how that helps women, or uh, victims, I'm sorry, victims. That could be women or men. And so we'll be discussing that with her on the 23rd or 24th, uh, whatever Thursday is that week. And then the following week, I have a woman from New Zealand. Uh, she's going to be talking uh, about uh, her experiences with domestic violence and how um, it hurt her life for a long time uh, psychologically, uh, how uh, she overcame that. Um, her family was, uh, her stepfather, I guess, was uh, very abusive. He was in gangs and uh, they are a Maori, if you know anything about New Zealand. And so my dear friend Adele will be talking about that. Uh, I like to bring in people from other countries. Uh, I do have some friends in Australia as well. I'll be bringing them in really shortly. And so, Sarah, if you're listening, that means you. So hopefully uh, the first part of uh, February I'll have Sarah on and talking about music and how it helps in the healing process. Also on February, I will be having Stacey Harris, and she'll be talking about happy, happiness and finding happiness, finding happiness within, and um, <clears throat> a few other things. She's absolutely amazing. She owns Soul Sisters Solutions, Soul Sisters Solutions. She's absolutely amazing, and you will love her as well. So I have a lot of things coming up and uh, more, but I uh, don't want to go through the whole six months that I've written down, but uh, that's good for right now. And I would like to hear from anyone who wants to email me. That would be fine. And again, my email is Shereen, S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E, C-W-R at gmail.com. So if you'd like, you have any questions or if you have any suggestions, please email me. If you have any suggestions of someone that you want to hear on my show, absolutely. I don't mind talking to anybody. And how I feel is all victims need to have their voices heard. And because most victims have, uh, it's, it's public information, who the uh, victim is, who the perpetrator is, who the uh, district attorney is, who the uh, uh, law enforcement officers are, um, also the judges, that's all public information. So that's something you can share on the air. And so I actually uh, am excited uh uh, about my upcoming people but if you have someone that you'd like to share or you want to be on my show because of a voice that you want to share please please email me and I'll give you that again at Shereen S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E C-W-R at gmail.com and you have a good night thank you for listening tonight bye bye